Hello and welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give you the inside scoop on life in and around our church. In just a second, I'm going to hand it over to Carrie Jones, who is our family life pastor and also our host for today's episode. And so please give a warm virtual welcome to today's guest, Gina McLean. So I first heard Gina speak a few years back. I was at a family ministry conference called Next. Um, It was in the Atlanta area. And I was, truthfully, I was blown away by Gina. I just found her to be a beautiful person. Honestly, she is one of the most relational, warm, and energetic people that I've met. And she's an amazing leader and has such a heart for the next generation. I just love her. Um, Gina has a ton of, ton of experience as a family life pastor, um, and she currently serves as a ministry consultant along with, get this, being a realtor in the Nashville area. And so it's great to have Gina with us today. Gina, can you say hello to everyone here at Southridge? Hello, everyone at Southridge. Carrie, you make me sound really, really good. I need to hang out with you more often. I need to be. <laughs> yes, please. I need to come to Canada. I need to come to Southridge. I, I'm telling you, having the opportunity to get to um, get to know you more over the past few years, uh, mm. and more of your, you know, your story and the mission of Southridge. It's just, yeah. I keep telling myself every time we talk, I need to get out there, up uh, there. Totally. I'm, right. I'm very far That's south awesome. of you. I don't know if you can hear it in my in my twang. A little bit. I mean, that's also part part of what I love about you because we're going to get into a little bit of your your background. But I mean, you live in the mm-hmm. Nashville area, um, and so my husband and I were huge country music fans, and so we're always wanting yes. to get to Nashville. So, um, and you need to. I've got an extra <laughs> one day. Room. Okay, come on. As soon as, as soon as we can travel again. Um, oh please. Oh. Honestly, I'm so ready. Well, listen, I'm so ready. Yeah. Oh, you and me both. Um, we're going to dive into, you know, we're going to be talking um, today about widening our circle, partnering with parents yeah. and that relationship mm-hmm. between, um, especially between small group leaders in the church and um, parents. Mm-hmm. But just to give give those who are listening um, a bit of context and, and a little bit of background on you, can you tell us a bit about your own family Maybe, you know, how long you've been married, your kids, do you have pets, what yeah. you do for fun? Tell us who you are. Right. Oh, gosh. Okay. So um, married for 27 years, just celebrated 27 years last weekend um, hey, to my best what's friend. What's your anniversary? G- uh, May 28th. Okay. When I'm is yours? May 31st. May 31st. No kidding. Well, happy anniversary to you. It's yeah. Kind of, that's, you also. That just happened. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So sorry, yes, keep going. married. No. Yeah. 27 years have three kids. 20. Well, no, no, no. Wait, I have four now. Oh, I keep forgetting that Carrie. I have four <laughs> now. I'm our oldest is 21 and he just married uh, last November. So I now have a daughter-in-law um, wow. and she is magical. Um, mm. I have uh, a 19 year old daughter who is a freshman in college and I have a 15 year old son who just finished his freshman year of high school. So we, I say we are in the thick of, I think, um, we're in the thick of a really fun season of parenting. I can't, I don't have a favorite season, you know, I've, I've mm-hmm. loved every season, but every season has its challenges. Um, mm-hmm. and every season has aspects of it that are, are very enjoyable. So, 
it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fun season for our family. Definitely. Um, gosh, what else? I spent 20 years in vocational ministry, as you mentioned, okay. uh, at, mm-hmm. in children's ministry, next gen ministry. My, the most fun I had was leading in family life ministry where I, I had just had such a, an amazing opportunity to get to work with volunteers and leaders mm-hmm. who impacted kids and students' lives. That was uh, the most addictive party that, that I got to be a part of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what You asked, what do I do for fun? Uh, yeah. I smoke. Um, I I smoke meat, actually. Kyle and I, we have one of those green egg cookers. <laughs> I, paused, you know? I paused there for a second because I was like, oh, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Gina? Um, no, I do. I do. We... We plan out our Saturdays around what meat are we going to smoke that day. Um, Mm. And, you know, and here in Nashville, when you come to visit, you will learn Mm. that we have a whiskey culture here in Nashville. And so usually our Saturdays center around uh, what meat are we going to smoke? Who are we going to invite over to hang out on the back deck and um, eat amazing, eat an amazing meal and uh, enjoy some whiskey and just hang out and talk. I could tell you that if I could choose my favorite activity, uh, that is right there. It's just spending time with people and, um, mm-hmm. just enjoying each other, you know? Um, but admittedly, I'm one of those weird people that asks deep questions, you know, like I can only handle the small talk for so long before I want to know, uh, sure. what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now and how can I help you overcome it? You know? Wow. <laughs> I I make it awkward in, in social conversations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Very cool. Uh, my husband, I can't say I've, I've really, you know, I eat the meat, but I haven't really been part of the smoking, but he's gotten into smoking yeah. meat over the past couple of years as, as yes. well. So that's, that's really fun. It's fun. Very cool. It's fun. Now let me, let me be really clear about my role in this. My role in this mm. is more, I'm the sous chef. I come, I will clean that grill out. So it's all ready to go. Sure. My husband's the one who makes the magic work, but I'm there for emotional support the whole way through. Because <laughs> oh, that's I love my it. job. That's very cool. <laughs> well, we are just getting into like barbecue season around here. You know, the weather has mm-hmm. definitely gotten warmer, and as things are starting to open up, the idea of having people over is is really exciting. I love that. Um, yes. Just for fun, you know, for those who are listening, mm-hmm. who would be Enneagram enthusiasts. Um, Are you willing to share share your Enneagram type with us? Yeah, it's a little exposing, isn't it, when we share our Enneagram type? (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm not scared. Um, Yes, I'm a three-wing four, um, Mm. and I wing so hard four that there are moments in my life, even moments in my week, when I wonder, am I I really a three-wing four, or am I maybe a four-wing three? Um, But Mm. at the end of the day, I'm... I'm a three through and through. I love mm. a good goal, a good objective. If if there seems to be a lack of clarity in uh, in not just what we're pursuing, but how we're pursuing it, my yeah. mind just goes nuts, cut, p- pulling together the uh, the right steps, the most strategic approach in order to get in order to accomplish the goal. You know, so uh-huh. um, I'm definitely a a three, um, but my four it comes out in um, in really honestly interesting ways in my life. Um, so especially when it comes to real estate, it's, uh, it's entertaining right. for sure. Right. That creative part of you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, that, you know, it's funny when you, when you, I've always known my Enneagram context in, in, or Enneagram type in the context of vocational ministry, but now seeing uh-huh. it in uh, a real estate space in a, you know, I work with a team here in Nashville yep. and, and I find that that skill set still comes out so naturally, you know, when it comes sure. to, you know, um, you know, how do we, how do we get creative with finding yeah. people homes, you know, which is kind of the yeah. present challenge that we're facing. How do we get creative with finding people homes right now? And um, I found that that for creativity comes out real fast and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's, I enjoy that. I, you know, I'm just like anybody else when you, when you know what you're good at and you know how you can contribute, it's fun when you find ways to do that, uh-huh. you know, so. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. Love that. Well, there you go. for that's those me of in you. A nutshell. Okay. That's, that's, that's beautiful. That's great. That gives us um, some good context to some of the conversations we're going to dive into here on the podcast. Um, so Gina, you've been actually working up close with our family ministry team, uh, with mm-hmm. Keith and Jade and with myself. And it's been really cool because Gina has been helping us um, understand what a coaching structure is and help us work towards setting up a coaching structure in family ministry. And this is especially important as we prepare to reopen our doors um, for Sunday mornings. Um, And so can you share, Gina, a little bit with those who are listening today about, you know, what a coaching structure is, why it's so important, and what the role of a coach is? Yeah. Yeah, happy to. Um, I mean, in a nutshell, a coaching structure is just a way of taking uh, the the way that you desire to care for volunteers and cascading it out through other leaders. You know, the reality is that um, we have some pretty amazing people that serve on our team and they give of their time freely, right? They're not paid to show up. They show up and they serve because they believe in, in what you are asking them to do. And they believe that what you're asking them them to do is going to make an impact. The reality is that that person who is serving and giving of their time, they have needs also, you know, they Mm -hmm. need to be seen. They need to be known. Um, uh, they need to know that what they do matters. And when those are, you know, getting to spend time with you and, um, now getting to spend time with Jade and Keith, I mean, it isn't hard to, to discover pretty quickly when you have conversations with the three of you, you care deeply for the people who serve on your teams. Um, Mm. and you want to empower them. You want to encourage them. You want to challenge them appropriately. Like you want to support them in a way so that they can do what the church is designed to do. Right. Um, Mm. uh, and, but that, that care that you desire to give to them can only go so far because you're human and you only have so much time in the day and so many hours mm-hmm. in the week in order to, uh, uh, to do that for this volunteer team. And so what coaches do is coaches, a uh, coach is basically is it's you taking somebody who has the same desire to do as you do. That is to encourage, to challenge, to equip and empower mm-hmm. volunteers. And it's elevating that coach who's, who's a volunteer themselves, but elevating them into a leadership role where they have the opportunity to do for a, a smaller group of people what you are doing for your volunteers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just taking your care and it's scaling it um, yeah. to meet the the need of the large volume of volunteers that you have serving on your team. Right. So this way, everybody gets cared for in the way that they deserve. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't mind giving my time and showing up for something that matters, but it means so much more to me when I know that when I show up, there's somebody there that knows who I am, knows what I'm praying for right now, and and knows me well enough uh, to, you know, just to every once in a while put their arm across my shoulder and say, hey, you know, I believe in you. I see more in you than you see in yourself, you know, yeah. and I think you're doing a great, a great job. You know, we all need that. And that's what totally. coaches help us to do. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so the coaching structure essentially is based on the understanding that every every child, every kid, every youth has a consistent mm-hmm. small group leader in their life. Um, mm-hmm. Can we talk for just a few minutes about why is a small group leader so important in the life of a child, in the life of a student? Mm. Oh, gosh, that's a good, mm. probably one of my favorite questions. <laughs> I think the way that I would break it down, why is a small group leader so important? Um, uh, what we are, the, the reality is what we're trying to do, Carrie, is we want to teach the next generation what it looks like to love God with all their heart and love others as much as they love themselves, right? Absolutely. I mean, Jesus simplified our mission when he spoke to that young man you know, and that young man asked him, what is the most of all of the, the um, commandments? What are, what's the most important one? And Jesus said, I'll give you two. Love God with everything you have. Love others as much as you love yourselves. And so ultimately what we are trying to do ourselves, and that's what I love about the name of your podcast. It's called, is it uh, On the Journey? Is that right? On the Finding Our Way. Finding, finding Our Way. way. Finding Our Way. Close. Sorry. Yes. I was so close. I was so close. Yeah. So close. Finding Our Way. I just remember thinking of the term journey, you know, when I heard that, like mm. it's a journey, right? We are constantly, yes. we are finding our way every day and we are teaching the next generation to do the same. And, yeah. you know, what, what we are, what Sunday school or what church has been for a long time is it's been a place where a kid or student can go and they can hear about things that happened in the Bible, you know, we, we might call them Bible stories. I never want to call them Bible stories because they're not just stories. You know, mm. some, some of the stories were stories, the parables that Jesus told were stories, but everything else is a historical account. These actually happen. They are moments in history. And so mm. we read our Bible and we, we read about these moments in history and we can find these, these, um, these truths that bubble to the surface that we can apply to our life today, right? So we can see how God worked in somebody else's life in a moment in history and scripture. And it helps us to see, you know, how, how God might work in our life today. If we take that scriptural truth and apply it to our own life. Right. Right. And, and for a long time, church created environments where kids and students could could participate in and they could learn about those those moments in history. They could learn those scriptural truths and even have learned ch- tips and tricks on how to apply it in our own lives. But the truth is that when you and I stop even for a moment, if we got to sit down and talk about our own personal journeys and we we identified every moment in our life that was significant, like it was a moment where we stopped and we said, something is changing about my life today. I would suggest that each of those moments, there aren't very many, but there are a few pivotal moments in your life. And if you went back and shared the story of that pivotal moment, it isn't just a decision that you made, but there was a person involved. There was somebody who loved you and somebody that you trusted enough to believe them. You know, in fact, I would suggest that 
it was a person that you trusted enough and you chose to believe what they saw in you because you couldn't quite believe it yet. Right. And so that person had an influence in your life. That is what kids and students need today. That's why small group leaders are so important and so powerful is because Mm -hmm. a kid and a student needs somebody outside of their parents, right? They need somebody who knows their name, knows who knows uh, what they love, right? Knows what they've done maybe in the past, um, knows what matters to them, knows what they're capable of. That kid or student needs somebody in their life who knows those things because when they know those things and they show up consistently enough in that kid or student's life, that small group leader sees more in that kid or that student than what that kid or student sees in themselves. And there's going to come a pivotal moment in their life when they need to believe the same thing. And they're going to borrow the faith of that, of that person, that small group leader. They're going to borrow the faith of that small group leader just enough to take a hard step in their own life and to make a really uh, impactful decision in their own life that Mm -hmm. then becomes their, it becomes their pivotal moment, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes their remember when moment. Yeah. You know, it's, that's the power of a small group leader is, you have the opportunity to come alongside a kid or a student and just teach them, not just what the Bible says, but teach mm-hmm. them how, how that applies in your own life and how that was hard at times, you know, yep. and how you overcame it and how, yeah. you know, it, there's, it's this beautiful progression that as, as kids and students see that basically what they see is they see somebody else following God. It helps them to learn and understand how they can follow God too. Right. But it comes in the oh, form of a okay. relationship. Uh-huh. So oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I'm that's passionate it. about small group leaders. <laughs> yeah, you articulated so well why a small group leader is so important in the life of a of a kid, of a student, of a child. Um, I, I want to talk for a moment about parents. You know, um, yeah. around Southridge, we, we believe, of course, that parents are the primary spiritual champions. We believe that they have the primary influence in the life of their kid. Mm-hmm. And partnering with parents is a super high value. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we talk a lot about partnering with parents. And we want to get better at actually explaining and unpacking what that means. Um, yeah. And so... You know, thinking about a parent, a guardian, a caregiver, from their perspective, why is it so important that their kid, that their student has a small group leader, in addition to what you just mm. shared? Like, why yeah. Why is it actually to their benefit? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let me go back to, um, if I can, uh, go back yeah. to what really was a, a, a course changer for me when it came to ministry. Um, because it, it, it ties into, to all of this. I can remember, you know, I started out in children's ministry. I was leading children's ministry at, at our church in Oklahoma. And, um, and I mean, we had an amazing weekend experience. In fact, we had done, we'd, we had been very intentional about creating a a physical space that felt a lot like Disney actually, Mm. um, because we wanted to be the, we wanted to be the place on Sunday morning that every kid wanted to come. Sure. And, you know, Disney was just knocking it out of the park. So why couldn't we too? Um, so we had a pretty phenomenal physical space 
for uh, kids to come to church in every single week. Uh, and it worked. I mean, we had a large number of kids who attended on a weekly basis. Uh-huh. I had a great team of volunteers. And I remember one day this one volunteer uh, um, comes to me and you could tell, I mean, you know how this is, Carrie. You could tell as she's crossing the lobby, um, she's making a beeline for me. And the look on her face is not good. She's upset. And <laughs> this is a volunteer that has served for, for me for 10 years. And served like every Sunday, served on Wednesday night, served at a summer VBS experience or vacation Bible school. Um, sure. Very, very involved. And she pulled me aside and she, she actually starts running through that list of things. She said, I've had my kids in church every Sunday since they were babies. I've had, they've been to, to VBS every summer uh, for the past mm-hmm. 10 years. They, she just runs through this laundry list of activities that they have always been involved in at the church. Mm-hmm. And then she stops and she said, now my 16 year old is pregnant. What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And she's broken. Mm-hmm. And she's broken because her she cares deeply about her child's future, right? She cares deeply about her 16-year-old daughter's future. And now her 16-year-old daughter is facing circumstances that change the trajectory of her future future and make things more challenging than they could have been, right? And Mm -hmm. that's what she's upset about. That's what she's broken over. And and she's going back naturally, because I think as parents, we do this. She's going back through, through and she's trying to figure out where did things go wrong? And and as I am just working to be as present with her as I can in the moment, my own thoughts afterwards, as I'm as I'm processing that conversation, my own thoughts were filled with, where did we as the church go wrong? Mm. Here is this mom who cares deeply for her kids and just wants the best for her kids and their future. Sure. Somewhere along the way, we taught her that there was this formula that she should follow, that if she has her kids in church every Sunday, if she makes sure they're in VBS every summer, that if she does all of these things and checks the box, then then what that means is she's following a recipe that means that her kids will grow up and they'll be good kids, right? They'll make mm-hmm. some mistakes, but they won't make the life-altering mistakes like teen mm-hmm. pregnancy or drugs or addiction sure. or fill in the blank, right? And I realized that we've created this formula for parents, not intentionally, but unintentionally. We've created this formula that said, if you do all these things, then you'll get the product that you want. And that is a perfect kid, you know, and Mm. that changed everything for me because I went back and I said, okay, God, what really, really, what are we here to do? Mm -hmm. And I realized that when it came to family ministry, really what I'm here to do is I'm here to create and, and in, I'm here to create environments where, where kids and students can connect with a small group leader, but also where parents can connect with that small group leader and where parents are equipped to build the kind of relationship that they want to have with their kid. Mm-hmm. Really, ultimately, that's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to make sure that they're that the kids that come, that grow up in my student, my kids ministry are Bible scholars. I'm not here to make sure that the parents and the families that that participate regularly in my church have have perfect kids. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to equip parents so that they can have they can over time develop the kind of relationship that they've always wanted to have with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to to work to to put a small group leader in the life of every kid and student that a parent can also partner with. So that their kid can learn what it looks like for more than one voice 
their kid can learn what it looks like to love God with everything they have and love each other as much as they love themselves. That's what I'm here to do. So when it comes to the primary influence of a parent, why is it so important? It's because God specifically placed that mom and, and or that dad in that kid's life, in that student's life to demonstrate for them what it looks like or to demonstrate for them who their heavenly father is. Right. And so we have these opportunities as parents to lean in and to show up for our kids to say, I love you. What you just did, the action you just take, you just took, it wasn't great. It wasn't wise, but you know what? We're going to face those consequences together because I love you. I'm showing up for you because you're worth showing up for. I'm sacrificing for you because you're worth sacrificing for. I'm chasing you even when you're running away because you're worth chasing. Isn't that a reflection of our Heavenly Father's heart for us? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. And so when it comes to parents, they are the primary influence. When we say that, what we're saying is you are the one best positioned to teach your child through great imperfection what it looks like to love unconditionally Mm. because that's how he loves us. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love how you describe the role of the, of the small group leader, because, you know, back to, again, that phrase partnering with parents, like really mm-hmm. what we're talking about is parents partnering with those prime, with those influences and the, they're the primary yeah. influence. And then who are the other yeah. influences? You know, who are the other people that have relationship with their kids that are consistent mm-hmm. and trust building? Um, or full of trust and how can parents then lean into that relationship um, to help them win? And so, yeah, I I think, you know, what, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of gifts in COVID um, and a lot of Mm. uh, lessons, a lot of things that we've learned and and maybe do different things that we'll do differently on the other side. And I mean, one of them is in family ministry, we just believe more than ever in the importance of having a consistent leader in the life of every kid and student and Mm -hmm. creating ways for every small group leader to develop Mm -hmm. a relationship with the kid, of course, and with their, the parent, the guardian, the grandparent, whoever that, that key um, parental figure is in their life. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, as we get ready to, um, to regather on Sunday mornings, we're just really excited about creating that, that new paradigm and just what that, what that might look like. So, um, I guess for a parent, for mm-hmm. a guardian, for, for someone in that role, what, what encouragement would you have for them into leaning into that relationship with their child's small group leader? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think First, I would, I would suggest parents view that small group leader the same way that you would view your kid's soccer coach or your student's mm. basketball coach. Um, you know, because when you, when you, let's just, um, you know, for, for kicks, my daughter, well, practical, I mean, this was very real for our, in our lives. My daughter was on the swim team through middle school and high school. Um, and my daughter's not a talented swimmer. But, you know, she could hold her own and she could earn points for her team. Sure. But what we noticed initially when she started in swim 
is her coach had a way of communicating with her that she listened to. And that's what caused us to, she actually was part of a, a swim camp, you know, and we noticed that during the swim camp. It's like, wow, Josie really responds to this coach. And when we saw that, we thought, oh, we're so in on swim from now on because, you know, to watch her respond in the way that she did to this coach, that was um, that was beautiful for uh, beautiful for us. We it's like we saw this competitive side, and, and then we saw this growth come out in Josie that we wanted to see mm-hmm. more of. And so we we enrolled her with the same coach in a club swim team, and she can okay. continue to do swim through um, through high school. And the reason why we one of the reasons why we continued in it is because we just love that additional influence in her life. Now, the way that we leveraged that influence uh, is we we got the number of the coach. We developed a relationship and a connection with the coach. Now, thankfully, the coach was open to that. And yeah. so, now don't get me wrong. I'm I don't, I'm not going to randomly call you in the middle of the night and be all weird about it. But <laughs> I am going to text you. I did text the coach. Like there, there it was not unusual for me to text on the way from school to swim when I'm hearing about how Josie's day went. It wasn't unusual for me to text Coach Amy and say, "Hey, Amy, by the way, Josie had a really rough day with the friends to this today, so mm-hmm. you're not getting a great version of her, right? right?" And what I'm doing for Amy is I'm helping to equip Amy to connect the best with Josie. Right. And the more that I leaned into Amy to help Amy understand Josie, the better influence Amy could have in Josie's life. Therefore, the better that Amy could coach her. Mm-hmm. Now. In this particular situation, Amy wasn't just a great coach. She was, she was a great person in general. Sure. And so I didn't just love the influence that Amy had on her, on Josie's uh, swimming skills. I loved the influence that just, that Amy had on Josie as an individual. And so by leaning into that relationship and just nurturing that relationship with that coach and equipping that coach in ways so that she could connect well with my daughter it, mm-hmm. it amplified the influence that that coach had in my daughter's life. And it was the kind of influence that I wanted my daughter right. to have my daughter to have in her life. Right. Like right. as parents, we all see that student or that adult that we go, Ooh, I don't want them to have much influence in my kids. And so uh-huh. we, we find ways to mitigate that influence, right? This by partnering with that small group leader, what you're doing is you're amplifying the, the influences you want to have in your mm-hmm. in the life of your kid and your student. So treat your small group leader like you would that coach that right. you want to have more influence in your kids, right? Make sure that right. they know your name. Give them your phone number. Get their mm-hmm. phone number, right? Mm-hmm. Create an avenue. You lead the way and create an avenue of communication with that small group leader so that you can on some days go, Hey, I'm just noticing that Josie's pulling away a lot right now. Have you seen anything like that? Mm. Can you imagine the conversation that you can have with your, with your 16 year olds, small group leader, when you're noticing some, some behaviors that make you that, that cause concern and you can go to that 16 year old, your 16 year old daughter, small group leader, and you can ask them, are, are you seeing anything that's concerning you? Mm. You just amplified your influence in your 16-year-old daughter's life. And I don't know a single parent that isn't trying to figure out how they can know and understand more about the world of their 16-year-old child. Yeah. That's one of the best ways. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Okay. Well, now I'm I'm thinking about, uh, you know, 
again, as we, as we get ready to, to reopen and um, as we know that there are plenty of opportunities to get involved mm-hmm. in family ministry, I'm thinking of someone who might be listening who maybe is not a small group leader who is considering becoming a small group leader. What encouragement would you have for them? You know, why is that role so important, um, so rewarding? Talk a little bit about that and and some encouragement that you would have for for that person who who might be considering this next step. Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm going to go back to a story in my own journey. Um, because I, this is what I, I think this is the very reason why anybody that even has thinking or considering about stepping into a small group leader role, why their answer needs to be yes. Mm. Um, you know, when I was in the, in the sixth grade, no eighth grade, I remember that eighth grade, when I was in the eighth grade, I didn't, I didn't have a great reputation as an eighth grader. I, I was, uh, in middle school and junior high actually at the time. Uh, grade eight, that's what you call it, right? Year eight, grade that's eight. That's what we call it up here in Canada. Can't thank you. Thank you. Grade eight uh, in school. And I was I was pretty rebellious at that point. I had my own way of doing things and I didn't care for any teacher to tell me how I should do it. Uh, and as a result, there were several, I had a couple of, of uh, stints in grade eight where I was in what they call in-school suspension. It basically means that I I, I show up at school every day, but I don't get to interact with anybody because I've been suspended from human interaction, basically, hmm. uh, during the school day. And so I spent a lot of time in the principal's office. Um, I, I just was not a great student to want to have in your room. Uh, but, but I had Mrs. Cooper as my history teacher, and I happen to like history, actually. And so that was one of the few classes that I actually paid attention but I paid attention, I, not just because I like the subject, but because I like Mrs. Cooper. Right. And Mrs. Cooper didn't do anything special with me all year long. She was respectful. She was very graceful, you know, but she was like that with everybody. But I can remember halfway through uh, the year and I'm in the middle of a test and I'm not doing well because I didn't study for this test. And I assumed that she noticed that I wasn't doing well. She, I just remember she crouched down in front of my desk And she looked at me and she said, Gina, you're a leader. I don't think you see that in yourself, but I see that in you. You're a leader. And you have a choice. You can either lead people to do good things or you can lead people to do wrong things. Choice is Mm -hmm. up to you, but it doesn't change the truth. You're a leader. And she said, this test, I know you can do this test. So why don't we put it up for today? You study tonight. We'll pick it up tomorrow and you can take the test done. Hmm. Not only does she give me grace in the moment that I did not deserve, but she spoke something over me that I didn't see in myself, right? Mm-hmm. The things that she put up with the entire my uh, the, for the entirety of my eighth grade year, you know, were not great. But in that hmm. moment, she was willing to lean in and speak something into me that I have never forgotten. And I have never been the same since. Because since that day, I started acting like a leader. Wow. And yeah. So I would say to anybody who's even thinking about being a small group leader in, in a student or a kid's life, would you just think for a moment, what, do you, what would you love? Would you love to be somebody's remember one moment? 
-hmm. Would you love to be that one person that a kid or student 20, 30 years from now stops and says, let me tell you the story about Carrie. Mm -hmm. Because Carrie saw something in me I didn't even see in myself. And she took the moment to lean in and speak that into my heart. And I never forgot it. In fact, from that day forward, I started walking in that truth. For us, that's what a small group leader is positioned to do. They're positioned to build a relationship with a kid and a student, to show up consistently in their life, to know their name, to know what they love, to know who they are, to know about their family, right? Uh-huh. And to yeah. teach them about what it looks like to love God with everything they have and to love others as much as they love themselves. And then they're, they, because they show up consistently enough, they have the, the privilege of getting yeah. to lean in in those magical moments and say, uh-huh. let me see, let me tell you what I see in you that you don't see in yourself. And to change the tra- trajectory of a kid or student's life. I can't fathom any better reason why you would not want to be a small group leader. It's the greatest oh, role there is in the church. Yes. Cannot think of anything um, better to give your one and only life to, but than that. Oh, Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that story. Oh, Gina, I wish we had more time. Time, um, time is running out and this happens when, yeah. when you're having such a great conversation. Um, it has been so great and just a real gift to have you join us on the Southbridge podcast today. You know, on a personal level, I want to thank you for the way that you have been pouring into uh, my team, into Keith, into Jade and myself here at Southridge and for all of the experience and wisdom and love that you have shared with us and, and just overall the, you know, the, the heart and the love that you have for the local church and especially for the next generation. Um, today's conversation has been incredibly timely, incredibly important as we get ready to regather on Sunday mornings, as we uh, work towards having a new paradigm where small group leaders see themselves differently and where they see how valuable their role is when they pour into kids um, in exactly the way that you just described. And as they come alongside parents and partner with the parents, with the caregivers, and really set them up to win um, everybody wins and the church is better and we can pass on our faith to the next generation. So thank you so much for joining us. And for all of you who have listened, thanks for engaging with us. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next week as we continue to find our way together. Take care, everyone.